Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast, live via Zoom. This is Emily. And this is Rachel. Today, in our mini-sode, we are doing Soulmates Recommends. So we are going to give three recommendations for anime this week. And now you can tell what old Snatch anime fans we are by what we, uh, what we're recommending. (laughs) Yeah, so this is gonna be kind of a series that we are branching out into, where we will recommend things (laughs) in various categories. It's a very straightforward. (laughs) Yeah, so hopefully we'll be doing it once a month or as we can. So my first recommendation for an anime is Recovery of an MMO Junkie. This is based off a manga series by Rin Kokuyo, and it actually was first released as a webtoon on the Kamiko app, but then it was published. There are 10 episodes plus an OVA, and unfortunately, very sadly, it ended because of the creator's failing health. So it is done. It's on permanent hiatus. You can watch this anime on Crunchyroll, and... I just love it. I'm going to read you the plot summary, and then I'm going to gush for, like, five seconds, because this is a (laughs) (laughs) mini-sode. Moriko is a 30-year-old successful career woman who decides to quit her taxing corporate job and become an elite neat and find a more fulfilling life. She joins an online MMORPG, Fruits de Mer, and creates a male character named Hayashi as her avatar. In the game, Hayashi meets another character, Lily a high-level player who helps him learn the game. Hayashi and Lily become close friends, and he joins her guild. Meanwhile, in the real world, Moriko has a chance encounter with a handsome, elite company employee, Yuta, and he may have some ties with her online life. I just, I really like that, like, she's playing as a boy character, and then he is playing as a girl character, And they meet and fall in love. And there's this whole backstory because apparently they've met before online. And I was like, ah, (laughs) it's just like so good. Like inject this directly into my veins because I am such a slut for anime romance for adults. Like, Mm -hmm. and not only is this starring an adult character, it's an adult with a boring job who loves anime. That is me. (laughs) I relate so hard. (laughs) Yeah. So my first anime that I'm going to recommend is an oldie but a goodie. And honestly, if you haven't seen this anime and you say you like anime, I'm going to pull an old person card and say that you don't really know anime unless you've watched this anime. And that anime is Samurai Champloo. This anime for me is like your bread and butter, your cornerstone... It's just such a cool, classic anime. You really just have to watch it. So you can watch Samurai Champloo on Hulu. Um, It has 26 episodes and they're 23 minutes each. So it's not a super long investment into anime. In fact, me and Emily, uh, neither of us are going to be recommending animes that are super, super long. So (laughs) you can definitely find time to watch these. So Samurai Champloo is an Edo period drama with fighting and a killer art style and most importantly, a killer music score. Mm-hmm. The theme music, the intro music for Samurai Champloo will get stuck in your head 1000% 
because Nujabes, who is the guy that created the song, is a genius. I'm pretty sure Nujabes is now dead, so rest in peace. But he made such a great intro song, and it really connects throughout the whole anime along with the art style. Like, it's just those two things are are connected completely. So this originally ran in 2004, so it's not a super old, like, 90s anime. The art style is still pleasing to the eye. And I'm going to read you this synopsis really quick so that you have an idea of what the plot is about. A young girl named Fu is working as a waitress in a tea shop when she is abused by a band of samurai. She is saved by a mysterious rogue named Mugen and a young ronin named Jin. Mugen attacks Jin after he proves to be a worthy opponent. The pair begin fighting one another and inadvertently cause the death of Shibui Tomonoshina, the magistrate's son. For this crime, they are to be executed. With help from Fu, they are able to escape execution. In return, Fu asks them to travel with her to find, in quotes, the samurai who smells of sunflowers. So vague, Fu. So basically the entire anime is like this journey to find the samurai who smells of sunflowers. And throughout it, Mugen and Jean are basically like brothers. They act like brothers and they fight a lot and they get into situations that they have to fight out of. And they're both extremely good fighters. So they do really well with it. Nothing ever gets romantic or like sexual with Mugen, Jean, or Fu. So if you're worried about that, there's no like harem grossness at all. So editor's note. Samurai Champloo does have adult themes in the anime, so if that is a concern for you or you are going to show this to your children, please do not. It's really just a fun show, and I think its portrayal of Edo period Japan is interesting and a little bit less romanticized, I guess, than other animes. So overall, I think that this is a good anime to watch just because of again going back to the music score it is like this hip-hop kind of composition throughout the whole anime and you don't really see that very often in anime and I think that those two things together combined with like the fighting and the art style just make it such a well-rounded and unique anime it's definitely worth watching definitely worth watching and it is truly unique so my next anime is Cowboy Bebop, and it is by the same person who did Samurai Champloo. <laughs> Both great. <laughs> this is a space western with a jazz soundtrack. So he he always seems to go for setting and then music that you wouldn't think would work with it, but totally does. This is 26 episodes long. You can watch it on Hulu. And this is from 1998, so officially a 90s anime. I will say, though, the art still holds up. The music still holds up. The opening theme, like, the opening sequence of Cowboy Bebop is so fucking iconic. I think it's the most iconic anime opening ever, besides maybe Neon Genesis Evangelion. Okay, but, like, the Cowboy Bebop opening gets you so hype. <laughs> It does. Oh my god. Just it ends with like a sharp piccolo like I'm sure that sounded horrible. <laughs> I'm keeping it in. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to read y'all a little synopsis and then we're going to talk about it. In 2071, 
Roughly 50 years after an accident on Earth that made it uninhabitable, humanity has colonized most of the rocky planets and moons of the solar system. Amid a rising crime rate, the Inter-Solar System Police, ISSP, set up legalized contract systems in which registered bounty hunters, also referred to as cowboys, chase criminals and bring them in alive in return for a reward. The series' protagonists are bounty hunters working on the spaceship Bebop. The original crew is Spike Spiegel, a exiled former hitman of the criminal Red Dragon Syndicate, and Jet Black, a former ISSP officer. They're joined by Faye Valentine, a con artist, Edward, an eccentric hacker, and Ayn, that is a genetically engineered Pembroke Welsh Corgi. He's like a little cyborg. It's so cute. Oh. And uh, he also has superhuman-like intelligence. <laughs> Over the course of the series, the team gets involved in disastrous mishaps, leaving them without money, while often confronting faces and events from their past. I feel like that last sentence best encapsulates the whole show. Disastrous mishaps. No money. <laughs> the cycle starts all over again. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just so fucking fun. And the overall plot is very engaging. I am such a fucking sucker for, like, Western stuff. And the fact that it's a space Western, it's, like, my two favorite things. Sci-fi and Westerns. And it really is, like, the wild, wild West out there because... You know, in space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> Uplifting. <laughs> if you like Firefly, you should 100% watch Cowboy Bebop. Well, you've convinced me because I have never watched Cowboy Bebop. Oh, girl, we're going to watch it. <laughs> All right, it's plan. <laughs> so the next anime I'm going to recommend is called Soul Eater. And if you were around... <laughs> In the 2010s watching anime, <laughs> you've probably watched Soul Eater. But in, just in case you haven't, it's a really good anime that I, again, strongly suggest that you should watch. You can watch it on Hulu. It is 51 episodes, so it's a bit longer of an anime, but in my opinion, the right length. And <laughs> each episode is only about 24 minutes. So again, not a huge time commitment, but something to sink your teeth into. So Soul Eater is actually ad adapted from a manga, and the anime itself has an extremely unique art style, and in my opinion, a very addicting storyline and world. It's very action-packed. It's kind of like a fantasy world slash alternate reality, and this anime originally ran from 2008 to 2009, so if you weren't watching anime then, you may have missed it. All you youngins. All you youngins. So here is the synopsis for Soul Eater. Soul Eater is set at Death Weapon Meister Academy, or the DWMA for short. It's located in fictional Death City in Nevada, the United States, I suppose. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> you know, they Nevada. <laughs> I don't think they ever really say that in the anime, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, <laughs> the school is run by Shinigami, also known as Death, and it is a training facility for humans with the ability to transform into weapons as well as the wielders of those weapons, and those people are called Meisters. Attending this school are Maka Albarn and her scythe partner, Soul Eater, Assassin Blackstar and his partner, Subaki, who can turn into various ninja weapons, and the Shinigami's son, Death the Kid, and his pistol partners, 
Liz, and Patty Thompson. So the goal of the school's Meister students is to have their weapons absorb the souls of 99 evil humans and one witch, which dramatically increases the weapon's power and turns them into death scythes used by Shinigami. So there's a lot more to the plot than this, but the main goal of the seven main characters is to collect these 99 souls, or in Death the Kid's instance, 99 souls per partner. So he has two, Liz and Patty, so he has to do double. Now, there's a lot more involved in the story than this. There's a lot of kind of fake outs where they think they're going to reach the goal and then they don't. There's a lot of interpersonal relationship stuff happening as well. It's a very interesting anime. It's not just fighting. And seriously, the art style you haven't seen in any other anime and that alone just makes it visually interesting. So I definitely recommend watching Soul Eater. My last anime is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. (laughs) Now you may say, Emily, everyone has seen this. That's not true. In fact, I talked to two people this last weekend who have not seen it, and I threatened them with bodily harm if they did not watch it. (laughs) (laughs) FMA Brotherhood is the adaptation that follows the manga by Hiromi Arakawa. There was another anime series, but it went in a different direction than the manga. There are 64 episodes, and this baby is everywhere. You can watch it on Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, and Amazon Prime. So there's really no excuse. You should watch this show. So many options. (laughs) Brothers Edward and Alphonse Elric are raised by their mom in a remote village called Resenbul in the country of Amestris. Their father, Hohenheim, is a noted and gifted alchemist, and he was like, bye, and he abandoned his family when they were both very young. So as Ed and Al are growing up, they become interested in alchemy, and then their mom dies, and they go and live with their friend Winry Rockbell and her grandma. After a while, the boys travel the world, which, you know, as young teens, I was like, who the fuck allows that? But okay. (laughs) So they travel the world to advance their alchemic training, and they meet a woman who basically teaches them everything they know about alchemy. Mm-hmm. When they get back to Risenbull, they have the bright idea of, let's bring our mom back to life. Wah, wah. Yeah, I know. Human transmutation is taboo, and it's impossible to do so properly. They basically try to bring her back. They fail. And because they failed so hard, Al's body is completely obliterated, and Ed loses his left leg. In a last-ditch attempt to keep his brother alive, Ed sacrifices his right arm to bring Al's soul back, and he puts it in a nearby empty suit of armor. Once this is all done, Edward ends up getting automail prosthetics, so just like a metal arm and a metal leg, Mm. from Winry, who is a mechanic. And then they decide, let's burn our childhood home down. (laughs) They're just full of bright ideas. Yeah. (laughs) This is all like the first couple of episodes do. And after they do that, they head to the city because Ed was like, I'm going to become a state alchemist. And he is the youngest person to ever pass the test. He's dubbed Full Metal Alchemist because his brother is the Full Metal one and he's not. And people always get them confused. And the person who named him was like, ha ha. (laughs) After he becomes a state alchemist, the series follows them as they try to gain their bodies back. And 
They go through some shit. Mm -hmm. Along the way, they discover a deep government conspiracy to hide the true nature of the Philosopher's Stone that involves homunculi, alchemists, the country next to them called Shing, and a guy named Scar who is from the war-torn nation of Ishval. And it gets intense. This show is full of distinctive, lovable characters. It's full of difficult characters, too. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that any one character is all good or all bad, but I will say that some characters get very close to just being straight-up evil. (laughs) Some of them do. But the protagonists still did really fucked-up shit. I mean, they tried to bring someone back to life, and they paid a very heavy price for it, and... (sighs) I just love this show. It literally has something for everyone. It's a it's a military drama. It's a normal just drama drama. It's comedy. It's romance. It's action. It's fantasy. It's sci-fi. It's war drama. Like, yeah. it's so good. It, it's government conspiracies. It's like everything. And you think, wow, that's a lot to like make into one cohesive story, it's done perfectly. Yep. Like, I cannot, (laughs) I cannot sing the praises of FMA Brotherhood enough. Personally, I think it's the best anime that has ever been made and possibly ever will be made. That is how highly I think of that. So. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think it covers really difficult themes very well. And the opening and closing theme songs fucking rock. Yeah, they do. All right, my last anime that I'm going to recommend is Kuragahime, or as it's colloquially known, Princess Jellyfish. So this is available apparently for free on Viki, although Viki does have a lot of ads. I will warn you of that. If I can recall correctly, I also think it's on VRV. I think it's on Crunchyroll too. Okay, great. So that's just another website you can check out to watch it. It's an 11-episode anime, and they're only 22 minutes long each, so it's a very short time commitment. But I, again, highly recommend that you take the little bit of time to watch this. It is another adaptation of a manga, and it just has intensely lovable and relatable characters and an extremely unique love-ish story. It's a coming-of-age, a slice-of-life, a romantic comedy, all those good things. And this anime originally ran in 2010. So this has a long synopsis, so I'm probably not going to say much afterwards, but here we go. Princess Jellyfish centers on Amami Zukan, an apartment building in Tokyo, where the only tenants are otaku women and where no men are allowed. Sounds like paradise. (laughs) (laughs) While each character has her own particular fixation, the protagonist is Tsukimi, whose love of jellyfish stems from the memories of her deceased mother, taking her to an aquarium and linking the lace-like tendrils of jellyfish to the dresses of princesses. Tsukimi hopes to become an illustrator and is an awkward girl terrified of social interaction, attractive people, and the prospect of formal work. Me too, girl. The other tenants of Amamizukan are the same, being neets who refer to themselves as the quote-unquote sisterhood or nuns. Skimi meets the stylish Kuranosuke, the illegitimate son of a politician, who cross-dresses to avoid the obligations of politics and to feel closer to his mother. Skimi keeps the secret of his masculinity from her man-hating housemates, 
even as she is troubled by the intimacy of having a man in her room at times. Amamizu Khan's neighborhood is under threat of redevelopment as opportunists aim to turn the quaint area into a more cosmopolitan region, with many of the buildings being demolished to make room for hotels and shopping centers. Although Amamizu Khan's tenants fear and loathe attractive people, they are helped by Kuranosuke, who does not want to see Amamizu Khan destroyed. So that's pretty much the plot of Princess Jellyfish. There are other things that go on in the anime, of course, that bring nuance to these characters and really make you grow to love them and want to fight for their survival in this redevelopment project um, that's threatening to take away their home, basically. Rarely do you see the issues of gentrification in anime. (laughs) Exactly. So I just think this is super relatable, especially as most people that like anime know what it's like to be a fucking nerd and to be terrified of talking to people, especially people that seem quote unquote normal or very attractive and fitted well to society. So if you relate to that, you will relate to these characters and love them just as much as I do. All right, that's it for Soulmates Recommends Anime. Let's wrap this up with our weekly K-pop recommendations. I'm going to recommend Cinema by Six. I'm going to recommend Kong Daniel's Paranoia. Thank you so much for listening. You guys can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can find us on Instagram, also at soulmatespodcast. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube videos at soulmatespodcast. You can find this program pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening right now. Make sure you subscribe so you can listen to us every single Friday. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.